A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and today we're talking to Samantha Fitzgibbons. She's a copywriter and author. We're going to be chatting about anxiety, anorexia, and her new novel, Happy State. We're here to chat to you about mental stuff, obviously, and also your new novel, Happy State. Um, what made you want to write this book? Well, it's it's been a long time coming. Um, I would say going back to the age of 13, to be honest with you, Yvette, um, it, it's sort of, I mean, there's no straightforward answer to that question. It's very convoluted. Um, I guess it's a, it's a, it's numerous years of sort of pent up stress, frustration, um, feeling like I've not received treatment for um something that is a very very real problem it's been undermined this is in no way to knock any kind of um you know i I don't want to knock any authorities i'd never knock the national health service we're so incredibly blessed it's just that it's so spoken about of course but that stigma around mental health it's still got so far to go and um i just had to i know my journey personally was very much it was very private, very, very private. So I had to do a lot of work myself, um, myself and my mum had to do most of it. And the trigger for Happy State was one day um, coming home and having seen a mental health practitioner and uh, and I'd got debilitating anxiety at the time. 
and I'd sat there and I'd chatted to them about it. And I was told to do this checklist. And they asked questions such as, over the last two weeks, have you felt this, that and the other? And it was literally a checkbox. I mean, that in itself was absurd because there's so many grey areas. You, you can't just tick a box. And I just remember sitting there thinking, this is absolutely ridiculous. And so unfortunately, because I hadn't sort of felt suicidal in the last two weeks or because I hadn't felt like um, I couldn't cope in the last two weeks, I didn't qualify for treatment. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was actually told um, to go home and Google mindfulness and that might help. And I just came home and I remember saying to my husband, feeling utterly deflated. I said, you know what? It's almost like mental health. Is just being wiped out. It's like they're trying to just do so little that they're trying to just eradicate it and wipe it out and pretend that we don't exist and just have this purest race. I mean, obviously, I went to an extreme with my thinking there, but uh, but at that moment, that's how it felt. And I just remember thinking there's a book in there about a government that just decides to wipe out mental illness. And it's how it felt at the time. And like I said, it's extremely, um, it's, you know, going to, to one extreme, isn't it? Of course it is. But, uh, but yeah, that's how I felt at the time. Can you tell us a little bit about how mental illness and mental health kind of manifests for you? Like, what is anxiety like for you? Anxiety for me, it's changed throughout my life. I mean, what started out as, a, as an eating disorder, um, what I can honestly say is when, when I had the eating disorder at the age of 13, um, I wasn't anxious at that time. I actually had never felt so in control of my life and my mind. Um, I've, I've probably had never felt better. The irony of that, having such um, uh, having such a severe illness, um, but feeling so incredibly powerful. The anxiety kicked in when it became recognised that there was an issue and that I had to start having, um, I say treatment very loosely, I didn't receive any treatment because unfortunately I was told that I wasn't thin enough so um, something that I've recently found out is still very much the case all those years later, and that's still a problem. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't thin enough. I was I was six stone max, but I wasn't thin enough. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was anxiety then when I realised that I had to make changes. That became a debilitating anxiety. Um, at the time, I remember it was a feeling of having no control whatsoever over my life, feeling that probably that I couldn't continue um, for too much longer with, with that feeling of, of just having no, no control. Jump to years later, when I have more of a handle on the eating disorder, but I, you know, I, I, I go into acting and there there's the whole pressure of how you look of it's not so much about your talent it's about what you look like there you know we open up a whole different anxiety a am I, i'm not thin enough i'm not attractive enough i'm not this enough i better dye my hair i better lose some more weight and so the anxiety then probably reached an all-time high whereby i was a, a, a dithering mess i couldn't leave the house um i was shaking i was depressed and I mean, that, that, that was absolutely hideous, um, to be quite honest. 
And then, yeah, and then years later, I sort of came through that. And now I'm going into to sort of a period of, of perimenopause. Oh, joy. And that brings back a whole, you know, that triggers a whole new anxiety as well of essentially, um, what if I gain weight? Because everywhere I look, it's all menopause. You'll, you'll probably put weight on. Um, that That's a huge stress. And that's, that's sort of, again, making me feel like, although I feel in control at the moment, I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to lose control and not know how to deal with things, I suppose. I think a lot of listeners will really related to what you said um, in there about, you know, you go to the doctor, but you're maybe, well, the, they sort of almost imply that you're not ill enough because it does feel like that sometimes with the NHS. They, they'll deal with people in crisis but there's maybe not so much um, that they can do if you're, like, like you say, you're sort of, well, not ill enough, not a sort of a threat to yourself or other people. Um, and I know we've had Hope Virgo on the, the podcast before talking about her Dump the Scales campaign, because unfortunately that that is the case with eating disorders. It is still incredibly old fashioned and, and based on a certain number rather than actually um, the things behind eating disorders. Um, what things have you found actually helpful in terms of um, managing your mental health? And have you had any help from um, the NHS or have you sort of maybe turned to charities or alternative therapies? What have you found helpful? I have turned to um, private therapy, which wasn't ideal because I would much rather utilise the NHS because you know, um, it's, there's a mental health unit everywhere. So, I, I, you know, that, that was always what I wanted to do. But unfortunately, um, because I never qualified, um, it, it wasn't really an option. So, yeah, I've ended up throughout my life. I've seen different private practitioners from CBT therapists to um, psychotherapists to psychologists. Um, particularly the eating disorder side of things is very very difficult I mean having sort of got that bit older now and being in, well into my 40s um I definitely have more of a handle on it and I and I I don't believe it ever leaves you entirely but I have a much healthier handle on things however my concern for people nowadays is um social media having all of these images thrown at you um I know personally that as a way of getting through, we all have bad days still, of course we do. And I know that if I'm you know, feeling a bit hormonal and feeling like I'm having a fat day, um, which certain people look at me because I am, I know I'm slim and they say, God, don't be ridiculous, but they'll never understand what's going on in the mind. Obviously, I wouldn't expect them to. Um, I have to completely take myself away from social media and I, I recommend that to everybody. I feel so sorry for young people these days that are absolutely inundated. They have to be on social media because it's what their peers are doing. If they're not there, they're probably left out of some sort of loop. And I, I guess it's not really an option. Um I know that my eating disorder was going back to sort of the early nineties when there wasn't any of that. But it still existed very much. So clearly there was some sort of trigger with mine but I mean I compare that to nowadays and I just think I don't I don't know how society can balance um 
kids being inundated, adults even being inundated with all these completely unrealistic images, but at the same time trying to treat them when there's very limited resources. Um, therapy is absolutely essential, but I do believe it's about finding the right thing for you. Things like cognitive behavioural therapy are massive. People swear by it. For me personally, didn't really work too well um, and that's not to knock it it just wasn't my thing um, what works for me is writing things down and bizarrely doing it very much in a third person so writing about how I feel as though I'm talking about somebody else and you get this incredible insight into what you or this other person are feeling and thinking and it's such an it's a really really interesting strategy because you're writing about yourself, but from a completely different uh, perspective. And you get this sort of urge, if you like, to sort of nurture this inner child that you're reading about that's actually yourself. Um, it sounds more convoluted than it really is. It just encourages you to sort of self-reflect. Um, and I did this purely by accident one day. And I, I actually started to feel quite emotional about myself. And I found it a really useful strategy to help with with any kind of um any kind of obstacles in terms of mental illness i guess how did writing happy state which is obviously fiction play into that did you find it cathartic i found it incredibly cathartic yeah because over the years i'd built up so many feelings and and so much frustration um that my my protagonist my 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 female she could just play that all out just this um this absolute frustration obviously a lot of the characters in the book don't really know what's going on they're just aware that this new government have come in and declared a, a broken united kingdom a happy state whereby we will be um you know sort of prioritizing the well-being of our of our population so to many people they think god this is great to a lot of people, they're thinking, yeah, right, like we believe. That's going to sort of play out the way you say it is. And it does actually turn out that they're trying to wipe out um, mental illness. So I really got to get to, got, got to sort of get right down to grips with all the frustrations I had, I suppose. And um, the, the, the sort of one of the main characters who's, who's sort of the commander in chief of the um, of, of martial law of the army. He's this absolute, uh, he's, he's sort of the villain of the book, if you like. And he's the one that doesn't believe in mental illness. He's the one that's the catalyst for this change. He, he's been in the military. He thinks that it's a, a sign of weakness. He thinks people that fall down to PTSD are weak. They're pathetic. He doesn't agree with the, the mopers in society that are dragging everybody down, that, that, that drain the NHS of... of loads of resources unnecessarily um he had a mom his backstory his mom had schizophrenia and he watched her just take all this money from from um from society and do nothing to help herself and so he's got this feel that that it's it's useless it's pathetic it's just an excuse for being weak and useless um so i suppose in some ways that was a reflection of how i felt i was being treated but taken to an extreme, of course. I don't believe any mental health practitioner ever actually thought that. Um, but I just got to play with that and take it to an absolute extreme. What kind of response have you had um, to the book so far? 
I've had a great response. I'm so, so grateful. Um, one of the main things that I've had, uh, you, when, you, when you write a book, you, you've got so many concerns, largely one of them being, um, I hope they don't think that I've written it, like that my writing is just really shit, basically. I hope that they just don't sort of go, God, she's crap, isn't she? She can't write. Um, very, I suppose that's very vain. You, you think that more than anything else, really. And, and I've had some wonderful compliments about the writing, but more importantly, I guess, people have come back and said, love the way you've tackled mental health. I, I can relate to that feeling. I, too, have been in that situation where I felt like I'm just, they're trying to just almost wipe me out, block me out, you know, just, oh, we'll just ignore her, pretend she doesn't exist. Um, largely a female audience, I'm not going to lie, it's been, it's been mainly females that have come back to me, um, but a lot of them have said it's, it's really made them um, stop and think about a society where mental illness is prosecutable, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I've had a really great response. And that has been, you know, to know that you're dealing, to, to have people say to you that you're dealing um, with mental health both responsibly and delicately is such a compliment because, you you know, it's a very difficult world nowadays. It's hard to get things right without offending someone. So, um, yeah. So far, really pleased. There's still time for, you know, things to change. But so far, I'm, re I'm really happy. Yeah. Cool. And um, what are you working on next? Next, I'm, I've, I've, the, the plan is for Happy State to go into a, a sequel um, and possibly a third book as well. Um, but I've had this sort of crazy idea. Um, I've, I really want to do a thriller. Thrillers have always been my favourite thing. With short stories, um, I've always gone for thrillers. And uh, I'm thinking of, of tackling um, UK gangs, um, knife crime, and possibly a home invasion. You know, I'm, I'm trying to sort of, I try to, to be sort of quite current in terms of, fate, you know, looking at things that are happening right now, mental, mental health, obviously, in Happy State. And we, I find myself reading at the moment that there just seem to be a lot of stories about gang related crimes in the UK which is absolutely terrifying obviously and uh and and home invasions you know they're so terrifying and for a short while I remember my mind was really taken up with with hearing about a lot of them and I became I uh, sort of a bit locked in with it and I and I got myself into quite a panic about it all and I thought recently I, I thought you know what I think I'm gonna purge it like I did with Happy State I might purge it into a book and it's so incredibly cathartic as you said earlier um it's a great way of that's what people should do when they when they need therapy. Write a book. Seriously, it's wonderful therapy, um, and it doesn't cost you anything. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116 123. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to our channel and perhaps even go back and listen to some old episodes. We have many of them. Also, you can get in contact with us. We have a lovely Facebook group, which is called Mentally Yours. And we're also on Twitter at MentallyYRS. See you next week.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.